0: Show.
1: I say this calls for action and now...
2: Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Show this morning uh, here out of uh, rainy, wet North Carolina with Florence moving in. Obviously, this is not the voice of Robbie Dillmore. Um, I am Darren Kuhn, guest hosting for Robbie this morning with Bob Young and uh, another good friend of mine, my grandson, Carson Kuhn, is in the studio with us this morning. And we're going to have a blast. Robbie is gone to... Uh, Samford University this weekend. He's having a parents' day uh, or parents' weekend down there with his daughter, Mariah. And so he's down in Birmingham, Alabama. And, Bob, how about the, uh, the, the hurricane that's been coming through here?
1: Well, they say it's coming, but it just seems to sit there and sit there and sit there. When I went to bed last night, uh, you know, I woke up this morning expecting it to be in quite a different position and it's not moving much at all. It's no, just, it's just sitting and pelting and raining. And uh <laughs> yeah, uh, my just... wife was telling me about a meme she saw
2: on Facebook uh, where a couple had sat down on their rocking chairs on the front porch waiting for the hurricane to come in, and then it, it showed them as skeletons a little while later. <laughs> um, because it's, That's about
1: the It's it. taken
2: its time, but it is starting to rain up here in the in the central Piedmont area, and. uh we are as prepared as we can be but praying for those folks that are out on the coast uh all up and down the carolinas i know so many people that are there that are uh, have gone left their houses don't know exactly what kind of shape their houses are in right now and so definitely if you're listening all over america i know we're from coast to coast please be praying for uh, your brothers and sisters uh, across the, the country that are being affected by uh, these storms. There's some down on the Gulf Coast as well right now. And uh, uh, well, today, we're going to talk about classic cars and uh, how to get one, and more so if, if you have a, a grandson, like my grandson, Carson.
3: Carson, how old are you? Thirteen.
2: Thirteen. Okay, I've almost forgot. I'm so old. Um, But Carson's 13. Carson has a dirt bike, and uh, he wants a a truck or a muscle car or perhaps, you know, a Lamborghini or something. But (laughs) anyway, he would love to be a NASCAR driver, uh, a NASCAR engineer, something like that. And so cars are in his future as he sees his future right now. And so um, we've been talking a lot about cars over the last few years. And uh, Carson lives with me and and my wife, and and we enjoy uh, having him. And I get to uh, I get to be a better parent as a grandparent than I was to my own kids. Um, and my
1: kids give me a hard
2: time about that periodically. But
1: that's one of my biggest regrets. Uh but after rob passed yeah a few years ago i kept waiting i waited for 2 years for some young lady to walk up and say hey this is your grandson and uh you you, know. you want to borrow mine <laughs> um i've got
2: 6 of do them you have now, a lease program yeah i do i do i've got a <laughs> we've got a rental program going on so uh i'm sure carson would love to hang out with you but uh anyway we we've been talking a lot about cars and and when Robbie asked me to host the show with Bob, and uh, one of the things that, that really came to my mind was um, the glory set before us and how hard that is to realize when we are only eight or 10 or 53, like I am right now. And so I started thinking back what would I have liked to have known about cars? And 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 just about life when I was a younger man, and how might
1: that have changed some things? I'd have liked to have known that I was going to live to sixty. <laughs> and uh because back in my younger days i figured 30 35 tops and uh i'd have probably took a little bit better care of myself yeah were you living
2: like 30 to 35 tops was going to be it yeah, yeah.
1: okay and yeah, the fun button got stuck and uh <laughs> a lot of throttle not much break okay you know? i
2: gotcha i gotcha so well my life has been uh one of uh, a lot of different things but uh, robbie and i met several years ago and uh uh, having a a friend who's called the christian car guy and a friend who's called the christian junkyard guy um is is a kind of cool place for me i love cars my dad loved cars and i spent the vast majority of my life in business or in ministry and and uh never got to fulfill my car dreams um but when I was a, a young boy, my dad one time uh, came home from work and uh, said, "Darren, jump in the car with me. We're going to go uh, look at a car." And I said, "Okay." So I jumped in the car with him, and we would do this on a regular basis. Dad probably had a hundred different cars in my lifetime, and so we would go look. I mean, I remember I grew up in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and. We would drive all the way to the panhandle of Texas to look at a car you know three or four hours and um, and just spend the whole day in the car talking back and forth and it was just good times. I remember those times well. I loved spending time with my dad, loved working on cars with my dad. but this was when I was about Carson's age and uh, dad came home one day and I was probably 13 or 14 and he said, jump in the car we're gonna go uh look at a car and i said "Oh, okay what are we gonna go look at and he said well i'll show you when we get there i said all right so we drove up to this field and there was this light blue 1965 plymouth barracuda sitting in the field 273 commando six-pack hearst shifter um the little bubble back It had been sitting in that field for several years. So you know the story, Bob. If a car's been sitting in a field for several years, even out in the West, there's probably some rust in it. The windows had leaked. The floor panels were starting to rot out and stuff like that. But my dad had already bought the car for me. I didn't know that. $125. He paid for a 1965 Plymouth Barracuda, but we took it and we hooked it up and we pulled it home and uh got it running over a period of time i never got to drive that car as a licensed driver though i'll tell the rest of that story later but that was my dream car i wanted a muscle car i wanted a hot rod you know wanted to work on it and i spent a lot of hours working on that car in the garage growing up and never got to drive it wow so I'll tell the rest of that story later, but in relation to that, as I was thinking about this show, God brought to mind Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12. And so in Hebrews 11, if you remember, um, if you got your Bibles, you know, you can open up to Hebrews 11, but Hebrews 11:1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So I don't know a young boy, honestly, and, and a lot of young girls, quite frankly, who are not dreaming about something in the future, dreaming about a car, dreaming about a, a, a college, dreaming about something that's going to change their life in their, in their uh, understanding of things. And so th- you don't often think about the Bible talking about things like that, but here it is, the Hebrew writer is saying – yeah, this is what faith is, what belief is, conviction is. And it's it's when you truly, truly believe in something that's out there and you're willing to um, be so convicted about it, you're willing to work towards it. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning on the
1: Christian Car Guy Show. Seeing things is one thing, but uh, having conviction about the unseen, that, that's where it really gets tough and different. And... um you know, I find myself having to when when faith is the only thing that can carry you through some situations. Yeah, and uh, it's just amazing how well it will carry you through. So, if you've
2: got a story about that car that uh, you just wanted to have all of your life and finally got your hands on it, or that car that maybe you never got your hands on and you want to talk about it this morning, feel free to call in 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Come back after the break for the Christian Car Guy Show. a <laughs> The Barn Finds. I don't know if, if you guys have ever listened. I love that little song, Founder in a Barn in Tennessee. Um, there's a YouTube guy um, called Barn Find Hunters, and he's sponsored by Haggerty's, and he goes all over the country finding these premier cars in a barn, you know, or, or something like that. The other day I was watching one where he found a 69 ferrari gt
1: and um that was more than 50 dollars wasn't it that was more than 50 dollars <laughs> yeah it was like four million dollars worth of cars in in one barn and see it's so much better if you don't understand the concept if you find them out in a field that's one thing but if you find them in the barn they've been sheltered from the elements and uh it's a much 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 better find like, right uh, galactically better. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's in a whole different universe, literally. So, well, we've got uh, Tyler on the phone from Greensboro, who uh, uh, has a, a little bit of a story about how God has provided for him a car in the past. Would love to hear that story, Tyler.
0: Hey, thanks for answering my call.
2: Hey, no problem. Um. Yes,
0: yeah, so uh, it was the first car that I had ever owned. I didn't get my first car until I was 22. I didn't get my license. No, actually 23. I didn't get my license until I was 22. I just moved up to Tennessee and I was living with four guys uh, in an apartment, you know, living the life. And uh, I needed to ride to work and people were being really gracious and taking me, but I I was getting at the the end of my leash with a lot of people. (laughs) And um, I had been praying to the Lord to just help me to I wanted to do his will by working and I knew that working was his will for me and that he was going to provide a way for me to get to work and do the things that I had to do. Um, well, the people at the church that I went to, uh, uh elderly couple came up to me one day and they said, Tyler, we just want to give you this car. It was a, uh, 2000, no, a 1999 Chevy blazer. And I was extremely thankful and I was, um, extremely happy because, uh, the Lord had provided in the simple way of me getting a car. It wasn't fancy, but it did everything that I needed it to. Mm. Unfortunately, it started spark-knocking about six months after I had it. And around the same time, another couple who didn't, who wasn't aware of my car troubles came up to me and they said, Hey, uh, uh, we have an extra car that we would like for you to have. So as soon as that car, as a, the blazer busted, I was actually given another car. It was a 2006 Nissan Murano. Um, So the Lord has been extremely gracious to me when it comes to uh, my driving situation.
2: That is an awesome story, Tyler. I appreciate you calling and and sharing that with us. Um, You know, and that brings to, you know, Robbie has the Jesus labor of love, and Bob, that's been something that's really uh, been on your heart too. I know that you've you've
1: helped with that quite a bit. It was when he first mentioned it to me, I was like, wow, how'd you come up with that? But, you know, the Lord laid it on his heart that uh, he should help widows and uh, single moms and uh, people with need to uh, keep their car going. And uh, we've even had some donations come in of a whole car where we were able to hook somebody up with a with a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robbie's just really helped out a lot of folks. And, and yeah, we were able to f- provide a few parts, and he has some... Uh, mechanics that will provide uh free labor and and help out and it's just been an amazing how many folks he's helped with that yeah so if
2: you're listening uh somewhere in the united states and you have access to uh an automotive shop maybe your buddy owns an automotive shop or maybe you're a mechanic at an automotive shop or you own one and you would like to be able to help Um, widows, uh, single moms, people in need in your area, please contact Robbie. Let him know that you're there. Literally, people call him from all over the United States um, who hear about it through the Internet or through radio and, and different things. And uh, it's it is a, a blessing. Um, it is a lot of work though too. If if you're listening and and you're local to this area and you're thinking, man, I would love to volunteer for a ministry like that and help out,
1: or donate, or donate. You can go on the Christian Car Guy website, and uh, my wife and I have helped out with that. And uh, so uh, the donations are, are are what carry it. Right, You know, it's, uh, people get interested and want to help and, you know, but they may not have mechanical ability, but still want to help. But, uh, even the small donations add up and have made such a difference through the years. So
2: we opened up the show talking about, uh, you know, the, the hurricane that has, that is still in the Carolinas right now. And I just got a text a few minutes ago from my wife that, uh, um, my sister-in-law's house has gotten hit pretty hard. Um, they were able to wade through water. They can't get to her house by vehicle yet, but they were able to wade through water and get to her house. They evacuated and, and, just, and found trees on the house and on the garage. And, and it's what area is that house? It's just south of Wilmington, mm-hmm. um, Winnaboe area of North Carolina, which is just
1: between Wilmington and Calabash. Well, in my, in my mind, I, th- I thought I would wake up this morning and it would have moved inland a little bit. It's still half over the ocean and half over land. and uh, It's still churning away.
2: And turning away. The rivers are flooding all over the place. Carson's uh, grandmother uh, lives in New Bern, and they yeah. had to evacuate their house, and hopefully it's on high enough ground, but uh, – this morning among that if you've got prayer requests regarding that um, or praise uh, you know where God's done something uh, to miraculously uh, kind of spare your your house or friends or whatever we'd love to hear that as well if you want to call in to eight six six three four truth that's eight six six three four truth um, 348-7884 and we would love to talk to you about that before the the last break I was telling you about my '65 Barracuda um, with a 273 Commando motor and the six-pack carburetor. I never could get those the six. Let me explain the right. six-pack. The,
1: uh, that's three deuces. That's three two-barrel <laughs> carburetors on it. For people that you know don't understand the jargon and everything. I'm uh, glad you did that. A six-pack on a car is is three two-barrel carburetors. Yeah, it's not
2: running around with a six-pack of beer on the top <laughs> of your car or anything like that. That's three two-barrel carburetors. We are the Christian Car Guy radio show this morning. Filling in for Robbie, however uh, feebly uh, we can accomplish that. would love for you to go to the Christian Car Guy website and uh, donate to Jesus Labor of Love. You can find a lot of different things on there as well. Come back after the break. that song have you Carson? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Well we're talking about kind of getting your first car Um, and you know there's a lot of first cars out there and uh, Robbie has on his website on the Christian Car Guy uh, show website his first car which was a 1960 Rambler American and he tells the story about you know his dad owned a car dealership at the time and so Robbie thought he was going to get you know probably whatever car he wanted you know off the dealership lot and that didn't happen that way his dad made him work for that first car and so he spent a whole summer working to earn ninety dollars
1: didn't he have an opal gt at one time i think
2: he's had about every car there's ever been at one time or another i know he had an amc amx javelin at one time too that was a little bit older um, but, uh, I remember him telling me that story cause I was really, really jealous. Cause that was one that I really wanted when I was a, a kid. Um, just thought those javelins looked so cool. And with a big old, you know, 403 motor in it, that was, that was a, uh, would have been a great car to have. Would still love to have one,
1: but today, you know, you need about 50 grand to get your hands on one of those. When you told me about a topic for the day and, um. Uh... How much more people will appreciate something if they get it and and work toward it and that lesson you know it just it just really touched my heart and it it fell in line with what i talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show about you know how we can give too much to our kids instead of letting them earn it and and making them making them appreciate it more by what they had to put into it and rather instead of just having stuff handed to you. right? It really touched my heart. What a great subject for the
2: day. Well, you know, we've got Carson, um, my grandson, <laughs> is here in the studio with us. And uh, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, Carson decided he wanted to buy a dirt bike. And so, um, Carson, how did that work out when you came to uh, Granny and I and said, hey, I want a, I want a dirt bike? How'd that work out?
3: You said I could get a dirt bike. but You said I'd have to work for it and pay for it myself. You said I, you'd help me, but... I would have to pay the majority of the money.
2: Yeah. And so you started doing a little bit of work. You started asking, I don't know if you even remember this, but you started asking immediately, you know, Granny, can I do this? Granny, can I do that? What Can I wash the car? You know, what can I do to make 20 bucks? What can I do to make, you know, whatever? He was whatever.
1: inspired, huh? <laughs> yeah, he was motivated. So,
2: and he started saving money. And then what happened to the money that you were saving?
3: I decided I couldn't make enough. So I just started spending it and spending it and spending it, and sooner or later, I had nothing left.
2: (laughs) And so that first summer, did you get your motorbike? Nope. (laughs) Lost your focus a tad there, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, bless his heart. He'd get like $250 saved up, you know, and then and then he'd spend 50 of it and then he would and then he'd get mad at himself you know or mad at somebody might have been me who knows but (laughs) um but he'd get frustrated and then and and then not get it and so the next summer what happened
3: next summer i started working and i said don't don't give me any money and papa goes well i'm not even don't ask how much money you're making or how long you're gonna be working or how much money you're going to be making in an hour or anything. Just work your butt off and I ended up with a dirt bike that year.
1: There you go. And so, you know, and and he appreciates it. And he takes care a- of it. Absolutely. absolutely. it's just it's just such a different thing when you've had to work for something than when it's just laid in your lap. Right. The same thing
2: he's, you know, he's got a really nice uh, Trek mountain bike and uh, that he bought I helped him out a little bit. I fronted him a little bit of money. He had some money to put towards it, and I fronted him a little bit of other money, but told him, you know, you got to work this off. This is, you know, a couple of weeks worth of work that I'm giving you. And so we went to Colorado this summer and spent a couple of weeks uh, up there building a deck on a cabin, and uh, um, and so he worked that off this summer. But he's learned, it's it's funny, the, the things, and I, I won't i won't sell him out here but it it is funny to me that sometimes he does understand that some of the kids his age do not appreciate what they have because they didn't have to pay for it and i know that's true with you and me bob when we go out and we work for something and and we we buy it then
1: it's just such a life lesson you know it's it's a, if you think about it, it's so much. It's so easy to figure this out, you know. Like if something just appears, and you didn't have to do anything, it's um, it's not appreciated as much as something you really had to work and wait, and um, and you know, invest a lot of your time and effort and focus to obtaining it. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we we mentioned that in Hebrews eleven, um,
2: the Hebrew writer talks about all these great people, Noah, um, who being warned, spends 120 years building an ark before it floods. 120 years operating by faith. In the desert. Yeah, operating <laughs> by faith and waiting for it to start raining. And yet he does it, and he, and he keeps going because he believes God. And there are so many things about, you know, when I grew up, I think I had the – the impression that God didn't want me to have more things than he did want me to have. I think that's the impression I had of God, and, and I don't know where I got it. I probably wasn't, you know, a preacher that told me that or, or anybody else, but for whatever reason, I thought God was kind of the God of no more than the God of yes, and I didn't really understand what this whole idea of he wants to give me the desires of my heart, um and and that scared me quite frankly at times thinking, well, no, wait a minute, I'm not sure I want good things for myself, and so why would God want to give me something that's not necessarily good for myself? And and you know, of course, I had to reconcile the theology behind that, and that you know, if you line yourself up with God's will, then it's pretty easy for Him to give you the desires of
1: your heart. For years, I thought there was a certain type of woman i thought i needed in my life for me to be happy and uh how does
2: lori feel about that
1: uh well it was not it was not the type of person she is and it went miserably wrong for so long miserably wrong and then um god put it on my heart just to find a good woman a good woman you know i had this this picture in my head and then when i started pursuing a a person of the caliber that God had in mind for me, what I needed to balance me out because it takes a lot of balancing. (laughs) I I had issues and this and that, but God placed the perfect person in my life and everything. It's just made so many things um, the way they needed to be. I'm not sure I'd make it through some of the really tough things that I've been through in life. Without Lori by my side, and uh just what a blessing that um God placed her in my life, and we made it work, and she's still by my side. well, it is interesting how God
2: knows not only what we need but he also knows what the truest desires of our heart are um and and he's okay with supplying that and um God is. Often looked at as the God of No rather than the God of Yes, and and so
1: what I I'm glad he said no to the things (laughs) some of the things that I had implant true story
2: right and and there's a you know there's a whole different um, lesson there obviously there are many times when when God doesn't give us what we think we want and uh, knowing that what the truest desire of our heart is is perhaps. Real community, real fellowship with Him, with others. Um, somebody that can love us and and uh, in spite of our baggage. Um, it's kind of like the Garth Brooks song, uh, "Thanks God for unanswered prayers." <laughs> exactly. <you know? laughs> I was thinking of that too. So I guess great great minds think uh, alike. And, and you'd then be there's, nervous there's if there's you're thinking like me. Yeah. So <laughs> well, so the question is: is if if you have a a kid um, in your life, a a grandson, a granddaughter, a a daughter, a son, um, niece, nephew, whatever, and they're getting to this age, how do you help them understand that working their tail off for a $90 um, American Rambler or working their tail off for Uh, Whatever they get, in in Carson's case, it's a 100cc CRF Honda dirt bike uh, or a bicycle at this point. How is that more valuable for them? And it's hard. I mean, you can be just really harsh and say, well, when you save up the money, you're going to get it. Or you can build some enticements in there. You can build some motivational factors in there and help them get it. You, you want them to have some small wins, and I think Carson has gotten that. So I'm looking for this next big win, and we're going to talk about that after the break. You're listening to The Christian Car Guy Show. Please go to christiancarguy.com and uh, look at a way that maybe you could help out with Jesus' labor of love by donating money, a car, or services. Welcome back to the Christian Car Guy show here on a on a rainy Saturday morning here in North Carolina. Um, if you're listening across the country, please keep the folks in, in your prayers that are uh, being affected by these hurricanes already. Uh, just found out this morning that uh, my wife's sister's house got hit by uh, evidently multiple trees, fairly new home. Um and uh down just south of Wilmington and so and the wind hadn't quit there yet, and the rain hadn't quit there yet, and uh, know several people that have already been displaced out of their homes and uh, um, you know, just uh, I guess this time last year, Bob, um, my business partner and I went with uh, Andy Bowersox socks and and energized ministries. We went down to Houston Texas, yeah. yeah, and spent a week down there. Um, helping victims of Hurricane Harvey, and there's still work going on down there. There's still people recovering from that, and uh, it was it was an amazing an amazing week. Uh, it was hard, not physically. I mean, it, you know, there were times where it was hot and muggy and nasty, but um, it was just hard seeing seeing people you know, struggle. Ah, it just breaks your heart. Um, to see how many people were were really messed up there. And uh, this thing's not over here. The rivers are still climbing, and it's not going to be over when it leaves the Carolinas. It's going to be going up into the Appalachian Mountains and people in West Virginia and uh, and southern Ohio and eastern Kentucky and all of those places are going to be flooded. And uh, there's not a lot anybody can do about it except prepare. We're prepared at our house as best we can right now. We're prepared to lose power for a few days. If it happens, it happens. And uh, but uh, and hopefully, you know, we've got a few trees that could come down on our house too, and we're praying that that doesn't happen. But we're also talking about the glory set before us. Um, in Hebrews 11... Uh, the Hebrew writer talks about faith is is uh, knowing that something is out there even if you can't see it, believing that it's out there for you even if you um, can't uh, touch it and grasp it, and having that conviction that it's there. And that obviously is talking about the the gift of the promise of Jesus. And and he goes on to talk about how Noah prepared for years for a promise that he didn't see, and Moses prepared for years for a promise that he didn't see, although Moses got to see a lot of cool things in his life um, with regard to God setting his people free and and uh, rescuing his people from slavery and all of those things. And and then the the Hebrew writer talks more about David and and um, uh, Barak and and all these different uh, cool people, Daniel, and then in Hebrews twelve says, with such a great cloud of witnesses um, there for us, then we should consider Christ, who considered the glory that was out there, and that glory for Christ is is not just the resurrection; it's not just the glory of of beating sin it's the glory of getting to rescue us I, I don't know how often we think of ourselves as the glory set before christ and yet we are we are that glorious thing uh, in some part we are that glorious thing that christ suffered for uh, if if you are in the body of Christ today, you are part of that. And to to consider yourself this glorious thing that was worth dying for um, is a pretty amazing thought. And, and if you're down on yourself, if you're feeling like, man, you know, I just don't have it all together, or I keep messing up, or, you know, everybody hates me, I'm going to eat a worm, however you're feeling today um, – Remember that if you are in Christ, you are part of that glory that was set before Christ and that he endured the cross looking forward to you and to having a relationship with you. And so we uh, want to apply that a little bit to to a car. And so um, if, if you've been listening to uh, these stations for a while and uh, I've helped – found the Masculine Journey radio show and and uh, the Masculine Journey radio boot camps and, and all of those things as well. And that's where Robbie and I got to to meet for the first time. And one of the first things that we teach men in these boot camps is that God created in your heart, in in the fact that you are created in his nature, one of the things that you are most like him in is that God wanted to live a great adventure and he still does and he does live that great adventure god also had many battles to fight and he still does and he also had a beauty to rescue in the church you you are that beauty to rescue you are that glorious thing worth rescuing and so you know bob you have seen a lot of glorious things go through the junkyard over uh your career in uh in salvage yard business and how 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 did that affect your heart when you would see some muscle car or something come through there that you knew you know there's a thousand people out there that would love to have that thing and then and here it's been mistreated and dumped off at the salvage yard
1: well it it used to amaze me. You mentioned the car shows at the, the Barrett-Jackson and the Meekum car show. And I would see a car there that was just in pristine condition and remember back to when one came through the yard that was not quite so pristine, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just to see what it what it could have been and, and how it ended up, you know, it just – it's kind of reminds you of life, you know. Uh, there was a time in my life when I was the um, the car dumped off at the junkyard. And then there's times in my life when I've been closer to the car show, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's just, uh, it's, they're there. There are cars still out there. There's ones in the barn hiding, waiting to be found and discovered. And, um, uh, until I was found and discovered and uh, and polished up a little bit, you know, I didn't resemble uh, the car show car. I was more the one that uh, got got hauled to the junkyard and thrown in the press because they were just too far gone. So, how, how would that change your mind if you're listening right now? If
2: you, you know, if you've got that car in mind, uh, Jasper, uh, one of our producers said it was the '67 Barracuda for him. And man, I'm, I'm a Barracuda guy all the way. I'll take any model from the 65 all the way up to about a 74. If it's a Barracuda, I would love to have it. Can't afford it anymore, but I'd love to have it. But if you knew, because I can look at a 65 Barracuda with rotted out floorboards and know the glory that car could be. And if, if you knew that God looked at you the same way, That God looks at you and goes, yeah, yeah, his floorboard's kind of rotted out. Yeah, he's, you know, the weather stripping's pretty well cracked on that one, and the interior's a little messed up. But I see the glory that thing could be. I see the glory Darren could be if he would just let me take him into my shop and do a body-off restoration, so to speak. The master mechanic of life. Yeah. And so, maybe you're thinking this morning that you need a body off restoration. Well, um, that's not a bad thing. It's. uh, Max Licato wrote a book years and years ago. One of the first books he ever wrote was called On the Anvil. And it was from the perspective of that hot iron that's on the anvil, getting the hammer coming down on it, you know, being smashed between this cold, hard anvil and this cold, hard hammer. But when God is. The one holding the hammer you can become something fairly miraculous and so this morning maybe you've been that old car neglected in the barn or out in the field and and it's time to allow god to bring you into his shop and and let the restoration happen maybe that could happen at a masculine journey radio boot camp robbie dilmore will be there bob's been to some of them you can go to masculine journey masculine journey Radio.org and register